0: Reckoning. Uh, can you hear yourself? Okay. I think so. All right. We could turn it up if you need.
1: No, I'm 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 good. I think it's since you turned off the air conditioner.
0: Yeah. A sudden
1: drop in background noise.
0: Yep. A sudden rise in temperature.
1: <clears throat> yes. Let's get this thing on the road. We have 40 minutes before it's too hot in here.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like the movie Speed, only not. It's like chewing the scenery, cruise control. <laughs> or... There's
2: there a Japanese movie where, where it's um, from the mid-70s. It's kind of like one of those all-star disaster movies. It's uh-huh. got Takashi Shimura and lots of people in it. But it, that's about this like bullet train where he's, he's got a bomb on board, and if it drops below a certain speed, it goes off. Ah, yeah. that's where they rip that off. And, uh, yeah, and apparently it played in Germany quite a bit, so it's highly likely that... Yeah. was seen
0: should we say the name of this thing what chewing the scenery horror movie podcast (laughs) um we're a podcast talking about horror movies and we're going to spoil them so you've been warned if you don't want your movies spoiled movies such as what was the name of yours Jolene? the one you're going to talk about
2: Oh, uh, Mother of Tears. Mother of Tears. If you don't want that
0: spoiled, and if you don't want Nightmare on Elm Street 2, The Heretic.
1: Yes, I think it was Nightmare on Elm Street 2, The Heretic.
0: Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure that that one's wrong. (laughs) Um, So Will and I both happened to watch that one, and you watched Book of Shadows. Blair Witch 2. Yeah. So Cody's <coughs>
2: anyway. <for> gold. <laughs> yeah.
0: Alright. So um thank you to the Moon Rays for giving us that intro song intro creature features. Um you can find them on iTunes or Amazon if you want to buy some of their music. Or if you want to just say hi. Find them on Facebook where they are the Moon Rays. All right. What have you watched since last time? Will? Nothing. <laughs> that made it really quick and easy we'll I've be... watched nothing We'll be out of here in 39 minutes <laughs>
2: Tolian <Right. laughs> what have you watched? I wished I watched nothing <laughs> um, Okay I watched uh, Shadows on the Wall Which is like It's not quite a film noir It's from 1950 And it's got Zachary Scott in it He's usually the villain Okay uh, He's got one of those great faces I, I think he was the basis One of the characters in Rip Kirby One of the villains Like this oh. Weasley villain uh, but anyway, um, Anne Southern, uh, Nancy Davis plays this doc- Nancy doctor, Davis, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, they had a Nancy Davis day on TCM. I think it must have been her birthday or something. They had like Hellcats in the Navy and uh, yeah, various things. Anyway, Shadows on the Wall. Uh, this is one of those films that's good to watch if, you, if you're trying to write something of your own. Because it's not very good. And it gives you time to, like, think of, <laughs> oh, if they'd just done this, this could be really good. Like, if they uh, it It's almost a film noir. It's almost a giallo. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost really good. And it's got some good people in it, but it isn't. Um, <laughs> it's, it's got, uh, you, know, the, you know, like like a giallo, you've got, like, a witness who sees a crime at mm-hmm. the start, sees a murder. But there's this vital clue that she doesn't get, and the clues in the title, and it's revealed in, the, in the, at, right at the end. Um, you know, and it, you realize you know the mystery is revealed and stuff.
0: Over a um, bottle of J and B.
2: But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah it, it kind of, and, and there's, there's this cool character in it, the uh, Anne Southern character. She starts off as this nice, uh, like a she's a sister-in-law or something but then in the course of the movie she she's like because she's frightened that this crime happens and uh she's frightened of being found guilty and being executed so because she's so frightened she like sells out everybody and you know this this guy is gets put on death row and uh and she even like uh she realizes that this little girl has seen something vital and she, so she goes after the little girl and she, she's gonna, like she almost kills kills her a couple of times and um wow yeah so it goes you know it goes there and there's this, this great bit where she's uh uh like after the crime she's she writes this letter where she uh she, she's been to the um the trial where zachary scott is convicted and sentenced to be executed and then she's really upset about this because he's, he's a you know she likes him so she writes out this confession and puts it in an envelope and uh she goes to get her hair done for some reason, and she's priority. She's she's sitting in the Bahubhis chair, and then it dissolves so that it's like the uh, uh, the electric chair. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and they're putting the um, the cap and sponge over her head, and instead of the hairdryer. dryer, she just, it, that freaks her out so much that she tears up the confession. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, you know it's interesting, and um, but yeah, you know, not quite there. I also saw uh, Asylum. Have you seen that one? No, it's one of the Amicus. Uh, oh, okay. Movies. It's like no. um, a several, yeah. several different stories in one, and it's about this. Uh, uh Robert Powell is this. He goes to this asylum, uh, which is run by Pat, Patrick McGee, and uh, the uh, he was going to meet another doctor there, but the other doctor's gone crazy. Hmm. He's told, and is now one of the patients, and he says <laughs> in order to to pass the interview he has to find out which patient it is and he's not told what the gender of the doctor is or anything so he goes oh, up wow. and like, so he so the, the, the stories within the story are him hearing the stories from the patients uh, he has to figure it out and he's got like uh, Peter Cushing Charlotte Rampling Britt Eklund Herbert Britt Long Eklund. Uh, Barry Morse Richard Todd and they're all Robert Block stories and uh, oh wow yeah one of them's um, it was previously filmed for the Thriller TV series. And it's directed by Roy Ward-Baker, who did uh, Vampire Lovers and Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires and a Mouse in the Pit. So it's it's kind of mild. It's not... I don't think it's great. It's got some cool, crazy bits in it. But yeah, yeah, check it out.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm mean, going to go watch
2: this. Uh, then I saw another one, uh, a short film, just, about, just over ten minutes long, <coughs> called uh, Mercy the Mummy Mumbled
0: mercy the mun- mummy M- mumbled, mumbled. <laughs> wow <laughs> mumbled. this is from 1918 okay uh, so tongue twisters were like what they had for entertainment <laughs> so
1: mercy comma the mummy mumbled right <laughs> is that how
2: yeah um, <laughs> this punctuate- is a mumbling
1: mummy
0: punctuation saves mumbled. lives
2: <laughs> mercy. this is from a, a production studio in uh, chicago called uh, ebony film corporation which specialized in uh, films for the black audiences Using black or, casts.
0: Or race films, as they were once called. Yeah.
2: Um, and it's directed by R.W. Phillips, who also did a Black Sherlock Holmes. He, he did, like, five films in this one year.
0: Why can't he just be Sherlock Holmes? Why does he got to be Black Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> <laughs> but,
2: uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty funny. And it's got, like, a, a black scientist in it, which you wouldn't see for... Ages. Uh, ages ever. afterwards.
0: Does it have a male nurse in it? Because you have to be specific when it's a male nurse. You can't just say... <laughs> Somebody's a nurse. Needs to be a male nurse.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's, <laughs> it's got like a Manton Morland type characters in it. But uh, there's this bit where uh, uh, the, uh, the the mummy is put in the, is in this, like sarcophagus and it's being towed away and it falls off the back of the truck and it's been dragged along down the street <laughs> off the back of this truck and the drivers turn around and they see the mummy like rising out of the sarcophagus as it skids down the street and uh, they do like the Manton Morland like. <laughs> You no know, bug eyed, yeah, but then they like jump out and whap it around here with a cosh and stuff it back in the <laughs> sarcophagus and then drive off again, very nice uh, yeah, um fun with mummies, yeah, I like it, yeah, so anyway, that's what all I saw hmm oh, well, uh, oh, oh yeah that, what's this uh, the biggest bundle of them all, which is a caper movie starring uh, Raquel Welsh and Vittorio de Sica and edward G. Robinson uh, that was fun.
0: Oh, that's definitely a... That's a must-see.
2: Yeah. Uh, pretty Italian locations. and
0: Oh. They love the heist movie.
2: Yeah. Um, it's not Edward G. Robinson's first heist movie either. But, uh, no. Or yeah, Robert it's, it's Wagner's, fun. probably. It's not particularly funny, but, you know.
0: How many movies did Edward G. Robinson play in Egyptian? Just the one? Because <laughs> I thought he had a future after I saw Ten Commandments.
2: Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> that movie so, is so camp
0: It's like, so that's what Egyptians look like Okay, yeah, got they, it
2: they look like Vincent Price and Edward G. Robinson
0: Yes, when I was a kid I was like, oh, okay, Egyptians, got it <laughs>
2: Egyptians?
0: Yeah This is. Then I met real Egyptians and I was like You don't look like Vincent Price at all Or Edward G. Robinson for that matter <laughs> Or Elizabeth Taylor Or any of the above What have I watched, you ask? Yes.
2: yes, what did you watch, Richard?
0: Well Here's the thing, um, when you would go into a video store, you'd always see those covers, and you're like, "Ah, nonsense! I'm not gonna fall for that. That's obviously just a good cover, and it's a crappy movie. I'm not gonna rent it." I never, ever, ever, ever rented Ghost Town, and I knew I wouldn't like it, and I just never rented it. You know the one I'm talking it's, about? It's
2: got a skull with like glowing. Yeah, eyes, it's, like it's, like it's a, a gunslinger. A skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, did it
0: have the flashing eyes? It may have, but mm-hmm. it was, it was a, uh, it was an old West street and there's a gunslinger mm-hmm. uh, skeleton with right. chaps and yes. the whole thing walking yes. toward you. Okay. Yes. And I looked at that and I went, bullshit. <laughs> I'm not renting that. That's not going to be, there's not going to be any animated skeletons mm-hmm. firing guns or any of that. So I watched it and, uh, it wasn't awesome, but I watched it anyway and it was, it was fun, but it, it was fun knowing that it was of its time, and it was definitely an '80s movie where they were just trying to make something kind of a horror movie, and uh, not a huge budget. You can tell, but it was all
2: right. So they don't have that scene.
0: I didn't see any no. fully animated. There was a there was the bad guy who started becoming sort of. Um, is it raining? Is that what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that's what that is. <clears throat> um, there is a bad guy who starts becoming sort of skeletonized, but he doesn't turn into a full-on gunslinging skeleton with chaps. and.
3: Yeah.
0: So uh, it delivered what I expected, which was nothing that was on the box. But it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, so it was fun. It was like a little uh, interdimensional rift between um, modern-day 1980-something, 1985 somewhere around there and uh the old west so some people who got sucked into this old west had to get back to modern times you're tying them back to the future three (laughs) i'm talking exactly about that uh so i also watched a documentary about robert maplethorpe the photographer Mm. Uh uh-huh and there was some stuff that i knew he did that i never saw and i did see some of that in this documentary and i wasn't shocked because i was prepared for it but because it's been 40 years well, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: no longer shocking.
0: Well, I
2: would say... You see it every
1: day. We're so blase now. <laughs> I saw two decapitations on the way over here and three naked
0: people, nothing. Did those naked people have bull whips sticking out of their butts? Yeah, some of them. <laughs> okay. I'm completely unfazed. <laughs> there's nothing to be phased about. Uh, then there's a documentary called Murder Rap, which was basically exposing the whole biggie tupac murder situation they know who did it and they know when and how and why and it's just like the lapd is no longer interested in solving the crime and uh so it was interesting to see like how much is actually known about these two murders Mm. and uh i don't want to get us in trouble or anything but it looks like uh a guy named uh whose name rhymes with Schmuff Schmatty um was probably more likely behind the murder and you know, not biggie. Huh. So Tupac was murdered.
2: Yeah, I, I saw uh, some news headline today about the confession about the hit put out on Eminem. But the...
0: there was a hit put out on Eminem.
2: Yeah, it's like some hit, is... hitman hired by a rival
1: record. And then they were like, "Why bother?" He, yeah, it's like he's not relevant. <laughs> well, enough his to kill. career is
2: dead. I anyway, mean, <laughs> you know, it was it was wild. It was back in the day.
0: Yeah, back yeah. in the day. He still pops up once in a while as uh, vaguely relevant to something. Yeah. So, you know, I won't begrudge him any future success. I just don't want to see his face on every single magazine cover like it was for a while. He's always making that snot nose, sneery face. And his little peroxide blonde hair, it just needed to stop. And <laughs> it finally did. <laughs> you know, you don't hear as much Nickelback. You don't see as much Eminem's face. And, you know... Mm. Nickelback
1: was on my movie today. <laughs> Were the they? the soundtrack of oh. Book of
0: Shadows. Oh, what? Blair wow. Witch too. Wow, the reckoning. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I keep forgetting to say this on our show. Julian, you got nominated for a Rondo Award. Yeah. Tell us, well, tell our listeners, what is a Rondo Award?
2: Uh, it's named after Rondo Hatton, who was a footballer in the at college and he was going to go on to great things he was a big handsome footballer but he had acromegaly and uh he became the brute man yes
1: and then he murdered some grocery boy and fell in love with a blind girl it's that's some, the autobi or the uh, <clears throat> biopic i saw on him
2: <laughs>
0: was, i was gonna say is this real man. life or a movie it's a movie yeah right. so he
2: played a, a series of very low-budget films, including one of the Sherlock Holmes ones called *Pearls of Death*, mm-hmm. where uh, he's sent to kill people who've got a bust of Napoleon.
1: Reasonable. Do
2: you remember that one? It's yeah. one of the Basil Rathbone. Yeah. Um, Those all kind of fade yeah, together. i the, the Brute Man and
1: the Brute Man's the one I know most.
2: Yeah, and uh, and you see his face crop up, you know, like uh, people like Drew Friedman and Brian Bolland have drawing mm-hmm. into their comics.
1: And he's one of the henchmen, although not actually Rondo Hatton, but they designed one of the henchmen in the Rocketeer to look like Rondo yes, Hatton. Yes, yes,
2: yes. So. so yeah, he, he, you know, he's an iconic, yeah, face.
0: So what was this disorder that happened to him?
2: Acromegaly It's when your bones grow while your while features and, go kind of crazy. Yeah. Okay. So it distorts your hands and stuff. It's like. So it's, you must have terrible arthritis and so on. Uh-huh. So this gave
0: him this sort of really strange, monstrous appearance.
2: Yeah, like yeah, really distorted is. Okay. Um but anyway, uh, so the Rondo Awards are named after him for some reason and they make little busts of him and they give them out to people who are considered to um have done the best articles of the year concerning horror movies, best movies, T V uh Podcasts, even? Podcasts, uh, covers. Uh, yeah, so I got nominated for a magazine cover award. But uh, I lost out to Rick Baker.
0: <laughs> Which, you know, when I saw that Rick Baker one, I thought, you want to lose to, you know, uh, the champion. You want to lose to evil Knievel or Muhammad yeah. Ali or... Yeah, know.
2: I was like, no shame in that. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, why did, why did you mention that? Now?
0: Well, because... You know, it's something that I know um, that's just been rattling around in my head. And I, I keep wanting to say, you were nominated and that's really awesome. And, and you know, you, you lost out to somebody who's incredible. But yeah. uh, the fact that you were nominated is really cool. And yeah. congr- oh, yeah, yeah. congratulations. Because
2: it's just people <laughs> who, it's basically our friends and things nominating you. So Right. You know, it's, it's very nice for uh, people to do that. Um, I, I'll drop another n- name uh, uh, like today, uh, they had a story on bleeding cool because I, I did the cover for the um, the rebooting the Tales from the Crypt comic again. Right, and uh, it's like a couple of months ago they said, "Oh, can you do the cover for us?" And say, "When do you need it for?" This afternoon. Oh, <laughs> so four hours <laughs> okay, later. Nobody does that. Yeah. Why do, they, why do they do it to you? Because they needed to get something into the previews catalog. Oh, Okay. And uh, so, they, and they needed it right then. So. Uh, for some reason uh and you didn't
0: have anything you know like a trip to england coming up or anything did you
2: No, not that weekend <laughs> right so uh yeah so like four hours later they had this fully colored cover and um but anyway um some bleeding cool. uh they, they put out a story today um that tells from the crypt is coming back in uh i think it's, it's about halloween this year and uh and they showed my cover which is, which is bunch of crap because it's <laughs> done in four hours but uh they had um uh the names of the uh these comic artists who are going to do the alternative covers okay. and there's people like uh, uh Russ Heath okay like legends right uh the guy who co-created Ren and Stimpy is doing a cover oh yeah yeah so it's uh, yeah amazing bunch of people but they, their covers aren't done yet because they've got time they're allowed to have time yeah <laughs> they you. gave them six hours so uh, right uh, looking forward to seeing those
1: yeah
0: well it's really awesome that uh things like well as, as much as you'd probably like to have oh say a day or two it's kind of nice that those things pop up once in a while and if you hadn't said that you only had a few hours to do that i wouldn't have guessed because you know your line works solid your composition looked good I mean, you know, you're going to be your worst critic, but it looked good.
2: Oh, right, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome.
0: <laughs> so sequels, should we talk about them?
2: Yes.
1: Maybe next time.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> um, sequels, you know, it's not a new thing. We've said this before, but for any of our listeners from all over the world who uh, haven't listened to every single episode. Get on uh, it. Yeah. What are you waiting for? Um Bride of Frankenstein came out eighty years ago. That was a sequel.
3: Yeah, and, and it was it's
0: great. Yeah, and it <laughs> surpassed the original, and it was beautiful. And yeah, uh, so we can't be hard on sequels. We, yeah, we're
2: we're g- not you know, it's not dismissed and out of I, hand.
0: I'll say it. I like uh, Godfather Two better than Godfather. Right.
1: Empire Strikes Back.
0: There you go. Um, you know. I don't, I don't like that one as much.
1: I, I prefer Star Wars actually, mm-hmm.
0: but Highlander Two. Blows the doors off of Highlander. (laughs) Okay, maybe. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Man,
1: blows Highlander (laughs) 1.
0: Yeah, if you stop with Highlander 2 blows, then you're right.
1: (laughs) Did you ever see the director's cut? It's only 15 minutes long. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) It's like a short, um, which it should have been. Um, But, you know, sequels are part of our lives, and they're not all bad some of them are actually really awesome or even better than the originals that that they're derived from so I think that uh, when we got on that thing last week and we said you know maybe we should just talk about some uh, some sequels that didn't get good reviews or that weren't well liked or that we didn't like Mm -hmm. and uh, I had a few in mind that I could not track them down and I was saying on the way over here goldmine do they think they're sitting on that they can't license what were
1: you looking for
0: well i knew that netflix had Candyman 2 farewell to the flesh mm. yeah and i love tony todd yeah. yeah and there's no joke about it i love tony todd like his look his voice mm-hmm. his giant banana hands i mean everything <laughs> about him i think it's hatchet Two when he puts his hand over that girl's face it's weird it's (laughs) i don't want to get off on a tangent about tony todd's giant hands but
1: that's a band name yeah tony todd's giant hands
0: if you put donald trump's hand next to tony todd's (laughs) hand the scale would be so off you wouldn't even know what to do (laughs) but anyway um i couldn't find farewell to the flesh i couldn't find Book of Shadows, and I know, Will, you went to nefarious means to find it, but yes. uh, you found it. Witchcraft. Quickly.
1: Witchcraft. Yeah.
0: I used witchcraft. Yes. Uh, what did you think of this one? I haven't Book seen Book of it.
1: Shadows, Tony Blair Project. <laughs> uh, no, way. Uh, Blair Witch Project 2, much like the other one I watched, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, mm. Secret of the Ooze. Um these were both rushed into production immediately after the success mm-hmm. of the first one. Neither of them have any real uh,
0: connection? connection
1: to the first <laughs> film or uh, the creator's involvement. Right. Uh, a little bit on Book of Shadows. But they didn't get to change anything, and they said they hated the film. Um, it's not hard to see why.
0: Hmm. Oh, um, before I forget to say this, I did also watch Halloween
2: H two O. Okay, I've not seen that one yet. Twenty years
0: later, or whatever it's called. That's a mm.
2: yeah. It's not good.
0: Yeah, they spend a lot of time uh, dealing with private school stuff and
2: not a lot of time. Every every time I've started watching that, it's been terrible like condition they they didn't have a good copy of it for a long time oh okay so uh, yeah i'm gonna it's try and watch them all in order and because it you know it came out on blu-ray it's
1: a real shock there nobody yes. they had to copy it
0: off of tbs mm. or something
2: yeah because i saw, I saw the, lo- the one with like buster rhymes and yeah uh, uh Resu- was that resurrection is you know, like number seven or eight i don't, I don't know what what numbers they are, but Yeah.
0: At that point who's uh, counting?
2: Yeah, it's like uh five <laughs> onwards, the, the ones I've seen just
0: They're like all didn't
1: bad. Like the yeah, from five on. I don't remember <laughs> much of four, but I think is right. five is
0: Unlike Nightmare or er, um uh Friday the thirteenth, which pulled out of the nosedive when they did Jason X.
1: <laughs> and soared to new heights. <laughs> they did, all the way to outer space. <laughs> yes.
0: I love that one.
2: It's better than *Leprechaun*. In leprechaun space. space. Yeah.
0: So, Will, how was the? Re- did you did you watch this when it came out? No, no. So this is I your first avoided viewing.
1: this thing like the plague mm-hmm. the second I heard the creators had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and the fact that it's actually titled—and I didn't remember this—but it's actually titled *The Book of Shadows: Blair Witch 2* which makes it seem like they had this script lying around. Oh, okay. And they, no, I didn't find any information like that, but... Uh, I
0: heard that was the case.
1: I think that must be the case. First off, there's no book in this movie. <laughs> okay. Not at all.
0: How about shadows? Any
1: there's shadows? No, no
2: Cliff Richard or anything?
1: Nope. No? There are some shadows. Okay. Yeah.
0: The ones cast by available light? Yes.
1: Okay. But no nefarious? No nefarious shadows.
0: No ominous shadows? <sighs>
1: No man, this thing...
0: Uh, disembodied shadows?
1: I don't know when Ring came out. The Ring. Right. Or any of those. Um, 99,
0: 2000. 2000.
1: Okay, this came out in 2000. Okay, and, it
0: was right around the same time. Whew, yeah.
1: Man, it mm-hmm. is such a rip-off of...
2: The original yeah. Ring was like 96.
1: Yeah.
0: Ringu? Mm-hmm. Okay. Ragu. <laughs> uh, so... You went into this with an open mind, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, your typical state of, <laughs> yeah,
2: of viewing a movie.
1: I tried to watch this and Friday, the, or Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two in one day. And I watched both of those in one day. Um, oh man! And uh, I tried to watch both of them, just like if I had never seen or heard of the originals mm-hmm. or any. Uh, any of the later ones uh
0: so you use the clean slate approach yeah how'd it go Ooh, man
1: blair witch <laughs> 2 it's like almost an idea <laughs> <laughs> they it turns out that the movie was really popular but the movie's fake which they say in part two but people have been going out to burkittsville or whatever wherever the blair witch right mm-hmm. resided <clears throat> or it didn't uh
0: they they're all showing up to to make a bit of a circus of the place.
1: yeah yeah, they made a total circus of the place. And uh one of the characters is played by Jeffrey Donovan, who's you called Jerkface.
0: Oh, Jerkface is in this?
1: Jerkface is in this from Burn Notice. Now on Burn Notice, which I'm a fan of, even though it's pretty crap, but uh He's always pulling some scam. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a spy. So he's always pulling some con. I want to re-edit this movie so he's pulling some sort of con. Because <laughs> I kept thinking, like, oh, this is all con. There's not a real witch. Mm-hmm. And I go, no, wait, that's a totally different program. Mm.
2: Um, it turn out to be Bruce Campbell in a wig.
0: Yes. <laughs> Sexy Bruce Campbell. <laughs> um,
1: so that guy, Jerkface, runs a tour group. And an online store selling twigs tied together in bags of dirt and whatnot to cash in on the Blair Witch success. And he takes some people out to the site they filmed it. Um, there's a couple that are writing a book on witches.
0: Not a book on shadows. No. Evil or otherwise. Mm-mm
1: uh histories of hysteria or something (laughs) they call it and then there's a a wiccan who bitches the whole time about how the movie just was totally unfair to witches
0: is she the one that ends up dancing naked later (laughs) yes okay which i think is on screen for about half a second yeah i remember i remember wondering like why do you pay someone for nudity it's probably one of the more interesting things in the movie, and it's on screen for half a second. You know?
1: It, you I imagine know. they drew straws. <laughs> like, one of you is getting naked. Hey, I jerk, don't care. <laughs> hey, jerk face, you ducked the bullet. Jerk is naked at the end,
2: though. Oh, is he? <laughs> bet if there's, like, a nude sequence, that half second is in every trailer.
0: Yeah, you'd think so. I mean,
1: so they go out to this stupid place... And they proceed to drink a lot and get high. And yeah, I wish is. I had done the same. Because <laughs> it was only going to get worse. And then this other tour group shows up that consists of a Chinese-Japanese person. I, he was actually Chinese, but they called him Japanese in the movie. Hmm. Um, it's
0: interchangeable in movies. Yeah, your ethnicity means nothing and, uh yeah.
1: And a German and some other guy and their tour guide, and they happen upon the the first tour group, and there's a little fight, and the first tour group goes, "Why don't you go to Coffin Rock or something?" Uh, which isn't just slang for you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? For go <laughs> fuck go yourself. she <laughs> should you go fry your hat. Right. <laughs> it's
2: not the new Cramps album. <laughs>
1: yeah so uh turns out some weird stuff happens they wake up the campsite's trashed the cameras are trashed you the audience figure out the witch possessed them in the middle of the night and they murdered the other campers because you've seen flashes of knives going into people's stomachs and it looked really bad it looked like uh a college film production or something. It didn't strike me as any they spent any money on this other than the soundtrack maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they needed that uh nickel back
3: right? <laughs> so cut oh,
1: on there. Um, I think that I think it would have been a great soundtrack if you were about 13. At the when time. this came out, right. you'd be like, oh, this is so badass. <laughs> it's got all... <laughs> Marilyn Manson on it, and System of a Down, and Queens of the Stone Age, and Nickelback.
0: <laughs> and
1: I like some of those bands.
0: Yeah. Right. <clears throat> kind of like when The Crow came out, it seemed like they, they invested a lot. That's
1: exactly what I was going to say. This was a Crow kind of soundtrack, <laughs> which... Uh, when I was looking this up, uh, that was like the second most popular search was for the soundtrack for this thing, ah. which answers your question why they they're sitting on this and not uh, putting it on Netflix or whatever.
0: Yeah, they they're not licensing it anywhere.
1: It's I'm almost certain with this one, it has to be the soundtrack. Yeah, because I'm sure they've lapsed on all those rights there and they don't want to have to pay nickel back a nickel to use their song they don't want to have to cut some public domain song in
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're going to they're going to put in some stuff from the 1920s
1: <laughs> i've got i i was trying to rewatch northern exposure and uh, i had to stop because they'd taken all the songs out and they've replaced them with really 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 terrible like 1920s public domain music that, wow, it did not fit the no, it, scenes or the feeling or anything, and it's cranked a little too loud. Oh no! Wow, it was yeah, that's bad.
2: I remember you couldn't see the, like the thing with the original soundtrack because I think it was a Stevie Wonder mm. was it superstition or something. They probably they took it out of a later edit. So yeah, you couldn't see it for a while with the original score really like um you know pieces of pop music yeah
0: yeah sometimes you'll you'll find a a movie that on the theatrical run will have a specific soundtrack and Mm -hmm. then when they release it for whatever version of home video at the time um you know some of the songs didn't make it that far because negotiations broke down somebody wanted too much money or was being particularly difficult or whatever so you you do run into that once in a while and it's it's you know unfortunate but um they could leave the music out
2: i don't know it's like why some collectors will have all region players because you know certain music has certain licenses in the uk right yeah or italy or wherever uh so like you can get a movie in england but you can't get it in america
0: it is pretty weird
1: like um, yes england's clotted videos <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're delicious clotted mm. videos with with jam. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you made it through this whole thing?
1: I did. Which uh, which tells us it's better than Green Room? Yes, it was better than Green Room. <laughs> I'll I'll say that.
2: So the logic made more it works better. <sighs> oh
1: my God. They were both shit in just <laughs> in, in different, different ways. Way. Uh I made it through this one just because I knew I don't know. I felt like it was going to end soon or something. (laughs) Green Room was a lot of shrieking that I can't handle after a while. Uh, Whereas there wasn't a whole lot of shrieking or even good acting in either Nightmare 2 or uh, Book of Shadows.
0: Right. So... um... Would you recommend this to somebody in a... Ooh. I'm going to
1: recommend this to everybody. Okay. My highest review. <laughs> if this is on Blu-ray, please go get it. Spend the money. Um, It's well worth it. Well, well worth it. I understand there's hidden messages in this movie. Uh, and if you take enough time, you can find them. I don't know who the hell would watch this more than... Once
0: I haven't yet. Oh, it's... You, you've watched it once. I, did. You watch it?
2: I watched a bit of it, and it, it, it was just so dull. I, I didn't. It, it's
0: extremely dull. So one or <clears throat> one or fewer viewings for each of us at this table.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: you know, the <clears throat> of course, it turns out they're killers, and some of their party die, and it has a terrible hanging scene at the end where you can see the persons harness under their hoodie <laughs> <laughs> just like i've seen halloween setups and haunted houses that've had better hangings oh, it's than just that just really Isn't bad it? and the rope that they wrapped around her under neck looked like it was probably the softest thing you've ever felt <laughs> like maybe it was made out of kitten fur or something
0: Shenil. it <laughs>
1: clearly not
2: <laughs> a hemp rope or anything it's Back in the day, they used to do good hangings. Yeah. You just don't see them anymore.
0: No.
1: No. But you always read that story at Halloween that some body they thought was a decoration was real. I don't believe that story. Or the one, But it always comes out every Halloween. There's the one in uh,
2: Wizard of Oz as a well. oh, oh, yes, yeah. as we talked about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we know that one's not true. Nobody went missing. There were no munchkins who were killed in the making of that film. <laughs> Now, since the two of us are going to gang up on Team Catapult Freddy, um, we should probably uh, ask you, Jolien, like, how was this Mother of Tears?
2: Now I've seen Mother oh, of Tears, tears as oh, well. Oh, okay. You
0: two can t- both talk about it then. Jolien, you, okay. you chose this. I
2: had the jizz about this because we've not talked about an Argento film yet yes. on this internationally famous podcast. And we're not going the to count And the first one we get to is the one that's... I don't like, the, so I the feel worst bad about it.
1: Of the three of the witches, definitely by it's... a
2: long, long chalk. It, uh, I love Argento. Everything from Bird through to Tenebrae. Yeah. So, so basically the the seventies, apart from uh, Five Days, which I I, I don't like that one. Think at all. I've seen that. It's one. like a period comedy about the revolution in Milan.
1: Okay. Yeah, I've not seen that.
2: Yeah, it's not. It's not. Released outside of Italy.
1: Ah, uh, this one is the, as we said, the second sequel to Suspiria and Inferno. Yeah, so
2: like Suspiria and Inferno, which are just Suspiria
1: may be one of my favorite. Yeah, definitely my favorite um, Argento. Film. Very much <laughs> looking here. forward
2: to the uh, like the synapses working on it. The, hoping to do a definitive Blu-ray of it. Oh man! At last, might, you know. I might have
1: to get Blu-ray. Yeah, and, uh, and give right, up the VHS. You'll definitely <laughs> be welcome
2: to come over and give it a blast, and hopefully, hopefully, you'll you'll come out in more theaters oh, once man. it's done. But um, yeah, fantastic movies, and Deep Red is probably my favourite. Yeah. Um, it just works on every level for me. Uh, but anyway, so I feel bad about. The first one we talk about is Mother of Tears. Yeah, So you've seen this or so you haven't seen this? I've not seen it. Okay.
1: I don't remember much of it. Uh, my wife is a bigger Argento fan than I am, and mm. we both, it was tough to get through and just...
2: Yeah, I've never watched it with Emily because there's that, that bit, the uh, kind of genital violence bit, the uh, yeah. kind of cannibal holocaust scene that, uh, yeah. I don't I think i want to share that bit with emily um anyway um so it's not the worst film i've ever seen it's not no. the most disap. it's not the worst sequel i've ever seen but because the previous two were just so good right uh this is i saw this film and i it it was so disappointing it made me question what I've been seeing in Argento all along. Oh, man. Because there's always people who say, oh, they're just so illogical and silly. And
0: I love that about that. Uh They stones. don't
2: make sense. And, uh, you know, it's all flash and no substance.
0: And vivid color design. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well,
2: it, you know, that's the good stuff. But, um, right. It made me think, oh, was I the one who was wrong all the time?
1: Oh, man.
2: Uh, but I don't think so. Um because like this comes twenty seven years after the, the previous mother's film, and uh, so after Tenebrae you had like Opera, which definitely has its moments, but then there's like there's its slope. There's like some you know decent ones. You know Trauma was all right, and yeah, Stendhal Syndrome's got I don't some think I've seen that good one. bits in it, but um, a lot of them have just been pretty bland or just you know pretty poor so by the time this came out my expectations were not high but still oh, i was disappointed oh man <laughs> so, thought, so it's,
1: it's it's always rough when a director puts something out bad enough that you have to question all their other <laughs> oh shit. work
0: I have to uh, hit the pause button here for a second and say the other thing I watched in the last week was Ghosts of Mars. Oh, God, yeah. And that made me question everything I knew about John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I what was going to bring hell? that up.
1: I was also going to bring up the... Uh, uh, well, now I can't remember.
0: Highlander 4? Highlander 4. <laughs>
2: because remember, I think I've ranted about this before. Nineteen eighty five is this kind of watershed for yeah. the seventies directors, like Argento, Carpenter, Romero, Cronenberg. Like the last interesting movies they did for me uh-huh. were about then. Yeah. So like Cronenberg did the fly the next year, but um I've not been excited about his movies since then. Uh you know, yeah. Yeah, all of them that after after that point, it was like mm, that was all right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah,
1: it... I was going to say *Planet of the Apes*, the Tim Burton okay. movie, made me question whether or not I ever liked Tim Burton, mm-hmm. and I swore off Tim Burton movies from that point on.
0: <laughs> well, you weren't wrong. <laughs> as far as I can see, did not, *Did uh, Nightmare Before Christmas* come out after *Planet of the Apes*?
1: Uh, I believe it was before *Planet of okay. the Apes* by several years.
0: Okay, I can't even remember anymore.
2: I mean, um, but
1: I saw the Chocolate Factory one. It was all right.
2: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. But yeah. it was. Yeah, that, one that of was those. right until they get to the factory. Yeah, it's quite. It's kind of engaging in the the character. You know, you're involved with the the cast and stuff. Yeah. But once they get to the factory, it's just.
0: And They just cut and pasted Deep Roy. Yeah, I like, it's like we got like one. Like we got Roy. one little guy. Yeah. So uh, you know, control C, control V. Yeah.
2: He, he, yeah. He was fun to see, but a couple of keystrokes. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Uh... Yeah, it didn't work. Once nope. they got to the factory.
0: Nothing wrong with him as an Oompa Loompa. It's just that he shouldn't be all Oompa Loompas.
1: I was led to believe Johnny Depp was playing the Oompa Loompas. I would have loved that. That would have been good.
0: Johnny <laughs> Depp would make a great Oompa <laughs> Loompa. D. Roy is Willy Wonka. <clears throat> Anyone is Willy Wonka. Sure. Yeah. I'll do it. You never actually see Willy Wonka. That would be the best. <laughs> just keep keep him in the shadows. So you went into this, uh, when did you first see Mother of Tears? Uh, So
2: so this came out uh, 2007, Halloween 2007. And um, I heard it wasn't, people were disappointed with it. So it must have been like a year or two afterwards. I actually got around to working my way up to seeing
1: it. I seem to remember, yeah, you... uh... You talked about it when we were at the art supply store, mm. um, and didn't seem thrilled by it. All I had seen at that point was Suspiria, so, Okay, you know, and yeah, which it seemed disappointing, but I hadn't seen *Inferno*, which mm. I really love, and it makes absolutely no sense. It's all dream logic. <laughs> hmm. Um, I'll get back to that when we talk about *Nightmare*. Well,
2: wait, like um. What I feel about this one—it's—it's it's so disjointed and impersonal, and but the plot is fairly logical. Uh, so it, it, the previous two—they're like dreams, they're fairy tales. Yeah. And uh, and it seems like someone's feverish nightmare. Yeah. And uh, I think that's someone. I mean, I mean, a lot of it's Argento, but I I think the earlier films. A lot of it's coming from Daria Nicolodi. Mm-hmm. She had she, you know, she has the she had the grandmother who went to a school where they they had weird things going on which yeah she fled from and told Daria stories about. And uh, and they're and they're from like they're very uh uh female perspective. Mhm. I mean, uh, yeah, the the villains are female and the the uh heroes are female and Yeah. It's uh you know there's a lot of violence done between women but uh the um it it so i feel with this one dario niccolodi she's in it she turns up as this ghost um but because it's just dario and and there's a couple of other screenwriters it doesn't feel as personal yeah it, it's it, yeah it, you you kind of you're just watching scene after scene and like there's like ridiculously nasty violence in it but it's just stupid yeah yeah (laughs) it it doesn't affect you, it doesn't even affect the characters no it's like the really near the start there's this um, character named Giselle played by uh, Carolina Cataldi who is in opera and uh, these demons grab her and they they like um, they like eviscerate her and they hang her with her own intestines and uh they like put this thing in her mouth that that blows out her jaws and um you know it's, it's incredibly nasty stuff but it looks ridiculous there's these these, these demons doing this stuff and, and uh but that that evening, like just a few hours later, uh having witnessed this, mm-hmm. uh Aja Argento goes home with the museum director and uh, she says something really strange happened to me tonight, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's heard this voice from this ghost, and uh, uh, that's what she goes on about. And then and then she has a laugh with his kid, and then they go to bed. And and uh, <clears throat> he says, "Oh, we should try to sleep." And yeah, <laughs> she, she's like, "Oh, well, no problem." Yeah, it's like uh, nothing happened. But uh, yeah, it just feels so impersonal all the way through. Um, it, the um, the photography is okay, and when when the uh, horror scenes come in, you get those blues and reds. Yeah, come in. A lot of it's fairly. It's not flat, but it's kind of you know normal looking. Mm-hmm.
0: So it, it didn't feel like it <clears throat> like it was occurring as naturally as it did in the earlier movies.
2: Yeah, like in the, in the early ones, they they had this. Uh, it, uh, I think Suspira is the last film ever where they printed it using this Technicolor process. Okay, where they um, they created uh, several layers of neg- negatives for each primary color. Okay. And boosted the colors, so you got this super saturated reds and blues beyond, coming in
0: beyond what Technicolor so the, would the whole,
2: do. Yeah, the whole film just looks strange and
0: yeah, that,
2: that's what un- unreal. Yeah, that, that's what was
0: immediately attractive about Argento stuff to me. Yeah, I was in college and my friend Paul Larson said. Uh, oh, you haven't seen any Argento? Because it's a name that you'd, you'd see in mm. Fangoria, but if you didn't have access, he, he said, I've got this stuff on VHS, and he mm-hmm. loaned me these films. And uh, it was just, it changed the course of, of my <laughs> of my horror movie watching yeah, and fandom, like right
2: there. Yeah, because when I started showing, uh, uh, we had have an all-night horror-thon at Halloween's when I was at college. Mm-hmm. So like, the first one i put on would be pretty... It would be like Halloween 2 or something like that. Right. And then I'd put on Suspiria. And I was kind of worried about it because there's a, like so much violence to women. Uh, I, was, I was worried about what the women would think of it. They were the ones who just loved it. Oh, <laughs> They went, went on about it and it was so beautiful and, you know, all the art deco and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were really into it. <clears throat>
0: Anyone who happens upon Mother of Tears as their first Argento movie needs oh. to just backtrack. Yeah, just stop and turn around, because man, that early stuff is amazing.
2: Yeah, the, if you've not seen any uh, Dario Argento movies, I'd I'd start with uh, Suspiria. Will blow your mind. Yeah, you think why have I not seen this film before? Yeah. Uh, if you want to kind of ease into him, uh, I'd start with the first one, Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that kind of. You get inklings of the obsessions and the visual style that's going to come. Yeah, uh, and it's a, it's a good movie. But this one, you think, what is? What are people going on about?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, that would be so disappointing if this was your first
2: one. Yeah, I mean, I, personally, as I say, I'd uh, up through Tenebrae, uh, but some people really like opera. Have
1: um, you seen the Dracula one? That he did? No. I didn't watch so it either.
2: ones i have not seen i've not seen his uh the yellow t v series I've not seen the uh three d and I've not seen um Sleepless, but I've seen everything else mm. um, yeah, so <laughs> definitely don't see this one first I and mean, it's got like one of the members of goblin doing the music and yeah uh and you got Arge, Arge argento
1: i think you nailed it though with the it's it's so impersonal mm-hmm it felt a lot like, yeah, they were, you know, going through the motions, or, right, right, yeah, and not terribly memorable. It's been a number of years since I've seen it, and,
2: and there's so much that's laughable. Yeah, I know, I know. There's plenty of people who find the early ones laughable, but it, this is like the fir- very first scene is like a daylit cemetery, and and there's, there's this construction crew, and they've got this like digger, and, mm-hmm. they're, and they're like digging out this like yeah. coffin, and the the digger falls into the coffin and and the the workmen go, "Are you okay?" and the first thing he says is, "Yeah there's something down here <laughs> it's, just, it's just ridiculous um yeah uh and you've got these witches in heavy makeup who who like uh Rome becomes this like center of because the Mother of Tears has appeared in Rome, and so there's witches are flocking to Rome. They're all flying into the airport, and then there are all these like young women. They're really heavily made up, and they're all in this glitzy clothing, like they're going for this hen hen night out or something. Right, it's uh, they're they to party, and uh, it, it's just laughable. They're going through the airport, kind of you know knocking their way through the crowd, and it's just stupid. And you. Uh, uh, have you seen Spirits of the Dead? I don't Spirits think so. Of the dead, I it, don't it, think it's so. this like a European horror movie. It's going to be on TCM on the 23rd. Um, but it, it's like a, a very short stories in one movie. And one of them is called Toby Dammit and it's directed by Federico Fellini. Oh. And uh, the first scene in that is where um, Terence Stamp arrives at this airport in Italy Mm-hmm. And it's just you're plunged straight into this weird, dreamy. It, you, you're going on this trip, yeah. And you think of that airport scene, and you know that's how to do it. But the the one in Mother of Tears is just it's just comedy. Yeah, it's bad. And in fact, I've, I've I I've tried to find reviews defending this film to see how defendable it was, defensible it was, and uh, some people defended it as a parody. They said, oh, this is a parody of his earlier stuff. Hmm. Or, uh, and some people said, oh, it's, uh, it's all a dream, but it doesn't feel dreamy. Um, you know, it defies expectations and, you know, by but going he, below them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was very, very disappointed in it. There's, there's a bit where, uh, Arja Argento, so his daughter, uh, huh. She does a nude shower scene. Yeah. And the camera's like going up her legs and not looking down on her in the shower. Daria, what are you Do, doing? Does she have her giant angel tattoo? Uh and, no, you, th- you don't see that.
0: Okay. I was gonna say that that one's a pretty obvious placement of a tattoo. Yeah,
2: you know, and um yeah, by this point her movie is more interesting. Like Scarlet Diva's might, sure. much more interesting movie than this one. So yeah i was i was very upset (laughs) about watching this movie
0: so you made it through did it feel like um did it feel like movie the movie suffered from committee thinking did did it seem like maybe there were too many other people involved
2: um no uh apparently that it was going to be is done in association with myriad which uh, I think that was, I think they're connected to Medusa, but they were going to release it in America, and I think they did limited release in America. But uh, so they they said to Dario Argento, you know, you know, you've got your the third of the Mother's trilogy, and uh, you know, go for it. And yeah. uh, then he delivered this film, and they said, oh, you've gone too far with the violence in this one. Uh, so they, they kind of uh, backtracked on it a bit. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think the violence is going to upset you too much because it's so silly and unaffecting.
0: Right. Yeah, it's, it's not easy to get excited about uh, <laughs> something that sounds like it just failed.
2: Yeah, I, I'm like, uh, I got the DVD because it was the unrated version,
1: Hoping maybe it would be better.
2: Yeah, and and you know I I waited to for the unrated one to come out because it's like ten minutes longer than the cut one, and uh, um, and I I was so disappointed I didn't watch nine
1: minutes of kittens playing. I I I I don't even understand. (laughs) I
2: I didn't watch it again till this week for this podcast.
0: Well. I'm glad that you took one for the team and now we don't have to watch it. <laughs> so neither of us and none of our listeners have to watch this.
2: Yeah. If anyone really loves this movie, then please defend it. I'd like to hear why yeah, you think a it's a good good.
1: defense of this film.
2: I, I, I'd really like to be you know, someone to prove me wrong.
0: So um, should we move on to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2?
1: Okay. Freddy's Revenge.
0: Freddy's Revenge. We're not even joking. That's the name of it. Yep. Now, the funny thing about this, they started filming without Robert Englund as Freddy because bah, it's a dude in a mask. We yes. Don't, don't and need... he
1: wanted too much money. Yeah. Which I don't think he did want too much money, but.
0: He wanted money and they did. He
1: wanted money and they wanted. They said we could put anyone in that makeup.
0: We could put that money up our noses and not give it to him. I think is what they were thinking. Yes it was the 80s they were all snorting coke i'm assuming this not founded in any facts that i can check but it was the 80s so these guys were wanting to be flashy and you know snort a bunch of coke and get with a bunch of girls or make not a, make a terrible film okay so they had the success of nightmare on elm street going strong Yes, and immediately made the decision to make a sequel. It seems they, like they, they rushed this into production. Yes, okay. And
1: Wes Craven said, "Nope, I'm I out. Want no part
0: of
2: it." <laughs> so, did you like the first one?
0: Um, I liked the first one. Uh, if I think of it as a an independent film, that you know probably could have been done better if. There were some more experienced people involved with certain areas of it. Um, I think overall it worked. I mean, it was it was not like anything that had come before it that I had seen anyway. I did go see it um, because I'm that old. I went and saw it in the movie theater. Jeez, and Grandpa. I know. <laughs>
1: what would a nickel buy you back then? besides Um, the movie ticket could you get popcorn too you could get an eight ball of coke
0: and a hooker for a nickel back then wow
1: and a leather jacket (laughs) sure
0: you have to kill the coke dealer and take his leather jacket yeah well um yeah so basically uh the first one i think of it like an independent film you know it wasn't like oh we're gonna this is well thought out we're gonna do this kind of a movie that that is a you know has all its tropes and all of its established um, archetypes. No, it was it was different. They were they were making a. New, Wes Craven was making a new blueprint for yeah. w- for what you could do with a horror movie, and he based a lot of it on um, stories he had read. Well, one story in particular, he read about a guy who died from his nightmares and was trying to stay awake forever. Yes, and uh, so. He had a great premise and a great Mm -hmm. idea.
1: But he wanted it to be one one and done. One and done.
0: And he wasn't wrong.
1: He was not wrong. (laughs) Although I have to admit, as a youngster, Nightmare on Elm Street was my favorite series. You wanted more Freddy. You didn't care where you got it. I didn't care what Freddy popped up in. Yeah. He was gonna kill someone and say something <laughs> funny, and I was gonna laugh and laugh because I had a sick sense of humor even then.
0: And you liked Henny Youngman, so the the, yeah. the one liners were just the
1: one, one. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, Wes Craven didn't return because basically he wanted he wanted it to be like you said, one and done. Um, he was overruled by uh, Bob Shea, who was the boss of new line cinemas the the production company that um handled this whole thing and uh, apparently they had the rights to be able to go forward and make a sequel so um yeah uh they said let's let's make a sequel let's make it quickly and get it out there and i, I don't know how much let me see if i have anything in these notes here about how soon after it came out it's got
1: like a book over here people of facts
2: on 99 yeah, <laughs> Elm street like a, too uh, Son of Kong came out like six months after the first Kong movie really and it's like stop motion and everything
3: how
1: the they hell? must have
2: worked they like, oh must have gone without sleep on that thing yeah and um, it's pretty good
1: yeah it is I didn't realize it was that close that was Blonde it, Kong wasn't it
2: yeah <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah Blonde yeah. Kong <laughs>
0: yeah uh, so um, so they didn't they didn't want to pay for Robert England. they didn't care what Wes Craven thought and Heather Langenkamp who this bitch?
1: They didn't call her at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're like,
3: Pff, whatever.
1: We don't They need. didn't even consider her. Yeah, I read. They were just like, what? Yeah. Use the actress from the first. Why would we do that? Yeah,
2: she she's like one of those likable things.
0: Yeah, she has a she has a very distinct look. You know, you you've seen her face, you remember it. You know, she she's attractive, but not too attractive. It's not like they stuck a model in the movie, but she is really pretty. So it it all worked. You know it was just like the right actress to put in that in the, into that uh role and uh she played it really well
3: mm-hmm.
0: and she came across vulnerable when she needed to and uh you know like when your phone turns into a tongue and licks right. licks your face
2: yeah, you definitely care what happens to her yeah she yeah. she
0: she becomes more heroic when when it comes time and she figures things mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. she's a she's a great uh um heroine in the first movie yeah And then this thing comes out and they're like, well, we're going to have this guy with fluffy hair and his girlfriend who looks like Meryl Streep, who he's clearly not interested in. Okay, fine. That being the premise, what happens? Well, a lot of people like to point out that like, this is the gayest movie ever made in the horror genre. (laughs) Now, why why that has to be a thing, I will say, uh, like why people bring that up is because it's sharp contrast against the very very homophobic 1980s you oh, know yeah the mid-80s were just like uh hey what do you don't be a fag you know like people would say these things very offhand you know yeah. and, and it was just like terrible jokes uh, using gay or fag as an insult and
2: lucky that went away yeah yeah, yeah that totally it's gone now <laughs> we're all enlightened now <laughs> yeah
0: yeah we, We've all ascended to a higher plane of thinking and being. And I guess people at least will try to hide their their villainy now. But in those days, it's not something that you would put front and center in a movie that you were hoping to make successful. But this one has like this...
2: In Britain, there they they were fairly successful films. They? Were there? Yes.
1: Line. Evidently in Europe, this did really well because of the homoerotic undertone. <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was hilarious. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, the the homoerotic stuff... They're
1: probably laughing because the director did not get any of this. The screenwriter says that, yes, he did put all that subtext in there. But the director says, no, no, there was none of that. Mm -hmm. But he clearly has not watched his own film.
0: Apparently not, because this stuff is pretty pretty clear, pretty blatant. Um, When you have the coach... Uh, Oh, and I have to mention that uh, Robert Russler being in this just made it all the much better because I I really like him in uh, Weird Science because he's one of the bullies, Yeah, along with Robert Downey Jr. And I've told you my story before about when I ran into him at that convention.
1: No, I don't think so. Oh, okay.
0: I think I've told this on the podcast before, but uh, we'll do a a quick little little side thing here. Um, I was selling my artwork at a convention in Chicago, um, which is coming up... mm, Again, this coming week, this coming weekend, and I won't be at it because I'm making another trip to Chicago shortly after. But I was at Flashback Weekend two years ago, and um, Tracy Lords, um, former porn actress, and um, who she also does um, some sci-fi and horror movies here and there, uh, has a line of clothing coming out. She's really cool. She stopped by my uh, my table. She was just down the row from me, signing autographs at her table. She popped in and really liked one of my uh, prints in particular. So uh, she told me that um, I want to buy. Did th- you
1: tell her that you loved her and Tommyknockers? <laughs> which is not a porno, but, <laughs> but totally sounds like it should have been. You
0: could, yeah. I, I would say that uh, I I didn't fangirl out on her too much. You know, I I was very respectful and kind with with her time and attention um so tracy lord says i like that print i want to buy it and it was uh an rv being abducted by a spaceship it was a it was a play on uh, um, uh, breaking bad it was okay. it was the breaking bad rv being abducted and it's a tall skinny print and i said okay well let me wrap it up for you do you want it rolled or flat she said flat because it could go in with all of her display materials so, I get this thing wrapped up. I use whatever I have to make it as travel worthy as possible. And uh, about half an hour later, head down to her table. And Robert Rustler is there uh, because he had a table near hers as well. And he's standing there and he's just chatting with her. And I'm.
1: About Tommy Knockers. Probably.
0: <laughs> They're having a long, meaningful discussion <laughs> about Tommy Knockers. And he looks, he looks around. To me standing there and he goes hey do you mind i'm trying to talk to tracy lords and he's being funny but you know you've seen him as this jerk this bully in a couple of movies and i said what are you gonna do dump an icy on my head <laughs> just that quick i thought of it
3: nice
0: and uh he's quick too because he said i could but it's going to cost you 150 bucks nice. <laughs> so that was my robert rustler experience and i've since found out from um um Sean Clark, uh, that uh, rustler's nickname is uh, Rustler the Hustler. So I don't know what that means, but he seems like he's a bit of a rounder. He's, he's always up to something, and I liked him in this movie because he just kind of had that jerky bully thing going on, but not too much of a bully. Yeah,
1: he was a total like jerky bully, but he was just wanted to be the kid's friend.
0: Yeah, he was nice like, Whatever, I'm just
1: you know wasting time just fucking around whatever
0: yeah and he says something to the kid um jesse about uh-huh. about the coach
1: that he goes to some queer M place downtown
0: right his words not yours
1: not mine
0: <laughs> so you're thinking oh yeah this is stuff high school kids say to each other you know it's like yeah yeah, yeah he's looking at you you know whatever and then we find out that Actually the coach does dress up in leather and go to gay bars. Now to be fair,
1: it was not leather. He had like a black tank top on with some applique on the front. It was ambiguous.
0: Okay, I take it back. He wasn't He,
1: he went, didn't look like he was he went all out. He looked like maybe he just I don't know. It didn't look like he hung out at that club.
0: He wasn't a full on leather daddy.
1: Not at all. Okay.
0: Um, the, the, he was
1: no gayer than the usual PE coach,
0: right? <laughs> so, uh, of course, the the uh, the protagonist, if you could call him that, Jesse. Jesse, being possessed by Freddy Krueger, uh, goes out and stalks him. Yes, Freddy.
1: Jesse lives in Nancy's old house, and Freddy wants Jesse to kill for him. Yes. Um.
0: Toggling back and forth between not Robert England and Robert England playing him.
1: Yeah. And sometimes he's in a dream, sometimes he's not.
0: And sometimes it's both. Yeah. I'm not really clear on whether No one
1: was clear on this movie. No what was going on.
0: Yeah. So the so the so the young man is out and about is he sleepwalking? Therefore it is a dream for him. Yeah. But he stalks the coach. He ends up back at school somehow.
1: Yes, because the coach wanted to give him a shower. Yeah. (laughs) As coaches will do. Well, yeah. Coaches, camp counselors, priests, that one (laughs) uncle.
0: Right. So what ends up happening is uh, Freddie, in the form of Jesse, wills something to tie him up.
1: Some jump ropes come out. Jump ropes, that's what they were. And tie him to a shower, strip him, and then they whip his ass with a towel a couple times. (laughs) All an invisible man, because nobody's there. And then Freddie kills him. Right. Uh, Or, well, Jesse kills him.
0: Right. Same
1: death. Something happens. He ends up back home. Oh, no, the cops found him wandering around naked. And they take him home and say something like, keep an eye on this one.
0: Right. Not like, um, could this be connected with the dead guy in the shower who was also naked and covered in water?
1: Well, he was evidently far away. He was wandering around on the road somewhere oh, okay. in the rain.
0: So, what is it? Springdale, Ohio, or whatever they finally did name what the town was. Springwood. Springwood. Yeah. Springwood. Yeah. Springwood, Ohio. And in one of the, um, One of the websites talking about this movie, they pointed out that the coach, when he gets attacked by the bin full of the dodgeballs or whatever, that they're black and blue balls. (laughs) So, also a little, you know... But there
1: were also tennis balls. I saw a bowling ball. There were some pink ones. I guess so. Yeah. I I don't know about that one. I
0: didn't go back to rewatch it because of some... But yeah, the homoeroticism was supposed to be subtext, but it was just text.
1: It was text in that scene. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, there's a later scene where Jesse cleans his room and dances mm. about that's pretty text.
0: Yeah. he He's bumping his butt against the dresser drawer. Oh, man. Pretending to masturbate with a drumstick.
1: Oh, man. And then his mom and his girlfriend.
0: Yeah. His Meryl Streep lookalike girlfriend. Come in. Yeah. His beard. His beard, yeah. She's a beard.
1: I liked it. the 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 actor who evidently is gay said he was the first scream king, <laughs> or queer scream queen. Yeah, he, scream queen.
0: Yeah, he he's has uh, got a documentary. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but it's something he's been working on. And uh, I I think that he may have felt exploited at the end of it all. He was he was um, advised to stay in the closet because. Um, 'Cause it was the nineteen eighties? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like people weren't really sure about Liberace or Freddie Mercury, so it was pretty easy to hide it apparently.
1: I think people in deep denial <laughs> right. thought that about those two, but
0: now I don't want to talk too long without forgetting to say um air catapult Freddie coming out of the ground next yes. to the swimming pool. Is probably um, probably one of the things that that will uh, that we could say will stay pro- with you for always. It will. Uh, it proves the point of of what we were saying about trick or treat that a lot of a lot of people and things needed to be bursting through windows and jumping up out of things mm-hmm. and jumping up onto things. Uh, yeah,
1: this thing came out. This thing. <laughs>
0: This atrocity thing.
1: (laughs) This thing crawled out of the camera uh, in 85, I guess. Uh, Trick or treat was the next year. And they feel like they have a very similar
0: tone. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so Freddie comes bursting out of the ground and I, I got captured a couple stills of this because I watched it on Netflix and had it on an iPad. So I was able to just do the two button Screen capture. Nice. So I'll put them in, on Instagram. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh,
1: Freddie pops up in this movie and kills people at a pool, but it's not a dream.
0: See, that's the part that really bugged me. He's just running amok, knocking over the chips and salsa, and yeah, you know, he sl-
1: seemed to really hate uh, any sort of cart or decorative, you know, display. He just <laughs> he had to stop and destroy it, <laughs> right. and then go kill people. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Yeah, he had, he had to pretty much, like, knock all the umbrellas out of all the drinks and step on them and then, you know, get back to killing people. <laughs> you know, shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Probably kick a couple puppies on the way. You know, he just wanted to mess and up the whole party. And he had no
1: witty repartee. There
0: was no... He yeah. just
1: laughed and said, Jesse's dead or...
0: Yeah. He was just making... He was making statements about what was clearly going on, on in the yeah. world and yeah. his
1: life, you know. And...
0: He, he wasn't busting out with the witticisms and the zingers. He was having
1: an off day, you know. You can't be funny all the time. I guess not.
0: But uh, I tried to look at the movie like by its own merits. For an '80s horror movie, it was pretty solid. I didn't mind it as
1: I tried to watch it that way. <laughs> I've. I had forgotten a lot of it, although I remembered the stupid balls attacking him and the, the jump rope. Although with none of the subtext, right? Um,
0: he could make stuff boil or burn at will.
1: Yeah, I I forgot the human-faced dogs that guard the. Oh
0: yeah. I'm like,
1: how did I forget that? That was some good old-fashioned nightmare fuel there. Yeah. They st- Why don't they have more dream logic in these?
0: They stole those um, uh, human-faced dogs from uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, right? I think so. Uh, the part where the guy gets...
2: one in uh, Mephisto Waltz. Okay. Early 70s.
0: So it's not a new idea.
1: No, no, no.
0: You could go back and...
1: But it looked pretty good. And then there was a really bad-looking cat puppet. Oh, yeah. That had teeth everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Lots of drool that did not look so good. But I, I is thought it, those dogs... Is it dogs
2: worse than the one in Reanimator? One in Reanimated, they 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 like throw it around and you don't get a good look at it, so it works.
0: It was on par Uh, with uh, the one from Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, Salem, the Talking Cat.
1: Yeah, it was on par with uh, Teddy Ruxpin with fangs. It was not well done. There was a mouse to a rat that ran at her that looked like the cutest, sweetest thing ever. She screamed, and then it cut to a very obvious fake puppet with his mouth, and then the cat got it.
2: I, I vaguely remember there's a scene with a school bus, mm-hmm. and there's a scene where a, like a uh, they have some bird in a cage and it gets out.
0: Yes. Oh, we forgot about that. Oh I mean, yeah, the yes. exploding burning bird. Yeah.
1: Which dad goes. There's got to be a rational explanation. And then later something. Oh, the toaster catches fire, even though it's not plugged in. And he's like, that's the damnedest thing I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> you just watched a parakeet burst into flame after attacking your family. Mm-hmm. I think that beats the toaster. Hands down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so stuff bursting in the flames, exploding, boiling. Um, these are Freddie's new powers. Yeah. And they don't make any fucking sense and uh he's he's devoid of of witticisms so those those are kind of the critiques you know i could give but uh other than that it was way more solid than you know nine-tenths of the other crap that came out that didn't have any connection to anything good
1: and as i asked you on the phone this is supposed to be five years later yeah. From the first film, which I assume took place in 1984, the year it came out. Yeah. So was this in the future? This was set in the
0: future. Mm-hmm.
1: At the time? <laughs> yeah. It was set in 1989. Yeah. I guess. Or, I guess. Or I 90. Know.
0: 89 or 90. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so they made their money anyway. And I think I have here in my notes that the budget for this thing uh, was $2.2 million. It grossed twenty nine point nine million, which would be in today's bucks sixty eight million ish. So it made a lot of money. Yeah. People were ready for more Freddy,
1: and that's why Wes Craven decided to come back for part three. <laughs> He's like,
0: maybe he could He's correct. Wow, well, okay. so he
2: he did uh, it the sixth or seventh one, where it's kind of meta. The, the new yes, nightmare? West the new, new nightmare. nightmare. I think yeah, he plays two. himself and Heather Langenkamp comes back. I
1: think that's maybe seven. Yeah. Yeah, that one's not too bad. Right. I mean, it's a sort of meta.
2: I, I remember I, I quite enjoyed the third one at the time.
1: The third one was pretty good. Um, I couldn't I didn't look up if that was Dream Warriors or not. I
2: think it is. It's the one where uh, there's an asylum or something, so he's yeah. getting into the minds of the kids in the asylum. Mm-hmm that one is kind of nasty it's got a bit of yeah it's got a bit of edge to it for a elm street movie <laughs> yeah
1: and then after that they kind of all run together yeah one of them had a brief bit in 3d okay at the end
2: yeah it's all a blur of freddy I and running through a boiler room
1: freddy lives or something i think i have it i still have the glasses from the movie <laughs>
0: You know the biggest problem with with Freddie was that they just ran with the whole zinger one-liner thing. Just mm-hmm. they couldn't stop themselves, and there are you know plenty of uh, plenty of people who've said it before, and I guess we don't need to dwell on it. But uh, if they had just reeled that in a little bit, it probably would have been you know. No. No. As
1: always, I'm going to disagree. <laughs> and so you throw more of those in there. Go faster.
0: We need more caffeine and sugar. Yeah. We need Maybe. more Freddy jokes.
1: More Freddy jokes, you know? That, that
2: whole, uh, like, you, uh, you kill someone off and then he makes a kind of pun about it. Yeah. yeah. That's just James Bond. Oh, it's total
1: James Bond. Yeah, it's a total James Bond ripoff. But it was a nice contrast to Jason and Michael who never talked. But all the action
2: movies were doing it in the 80s. You know, all the Schwarzenegger ones. Oh, yeah, totally. kill someone and say something. Stick
0: around.
2: Yeah.
1: Let some steam off. Right.
0: (laughs) That's from Commando.
1: It is. I think that's one of the first ones I remember.
2: Yeah, that was the same year, wasn't it? Commando.
1: Uh, Yeah, was that 85?
2: That that Mm -hmm. one's fun as anything.
1: I like Commando a lot still to this day. Yeah, Even though he kills a hell of a lot of people in that movie. (laughs) There's just guards that are just mowed down left and right, and he doesn't care. (laughs) Back in the 80s, you didn't mind. Faceless henchmen were easy to come by. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They'd have to do physical stunts and everything. Yeah, and you just... Mow them down. Mow
1: them down and blow them up, and they fly with the catapult (laughs) that Freddy used.
0: So Halloween H20, 20 years later. I'll talk very briefly about this one. Um, it doesn't really do anything. I mean, okay. it, it, <laughs> yeah. it does what it needs to do to check the boxes that say it's a Michael Myers Halloween movie. Mm. And that,
2: uh, I will check it out by, by the time we get around to Halloween this year. Yeah.
0: And, you know, I'll give it another look at some point in time, but I was having trouble staying with it. And, uh, the peril didn't really feel genuine for some reason. Mm. Um, jamie lee curtis did a fine job with her acting i just think the premise first of all um she's fled uh haddenfield illinois to be in california and i think the reason for this is so they don't have to worry about showing palm trees or warm weather mm-hmm. so they could just film it in california like they were going to do anyway so they could just you know do that without worrying I've about done
1: that at the beginning. Yep would have saved themselves a lot of trouble
0: yeah who says halloween can't be set in california why well, can't
1: right? halloween come to long beach
0: right <laughs> snoop dogs there
1: oh man barstow halloween so uh so you get bronson canyon halloween <laughs> i would watch that. bronson canyon christmas I would watch
0: that. Ooh, sleigh rides through Bronson Canyon.
1: Mm, that sounds lovely. Oh, it's only 95 degrees in the winter. Yeah.
0: Ho, ho, ho. So, uh, like I said, I'm I'm only going to just delve into this briefly, but um, you get uh, the introduction of young whippersnapper Josh Hartnett.
1: Oh, okay. He
0: plays the son.
1: Yeah. They
0: spend, I think, about 80% of the movie dealing with private school stuff and... People trying to go away on a school trip and not being allowed to, and trying to sneak out of the campus and not being allowed to, and they're wearing their blazers and khakis and and can get can Michael Myers get his kid in? Um, you know he could. <laughs> he made enough donations with yeah. I was gonna say with some financial aid he might be able to get his yeah. kid in Michael Jr. But uh, it it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it's gonna go anywhere. You know, distinctly scary. Mm. And it kind of doesn't. I mean, they give you just enough Michael Myers to where if you were a child, you might be frightened by it. I wasn't. And there were a lot. Sounds a
1: lot like the one before, the fifth one. I think that was the one with Paul Rudd in it that I watched. Yeah.
0: Yeah, nothing
1: (laughs) scary in that one. No. Except that you wasted 90 minutes of your ever shortening life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Might as well start smoking cigarettes. Oh, man. So. Yeah, it it wasn't awesome, it wasn't terrible, it was just there. So I I can say it's not a recommend, it's kind of a eh, go for it if you feel like being a completist and watching all of the Michael Myers Halloween films go ahead, but um, it's probably not going to do a lot for you. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it, he's the obnoxious neighbor kid that's going to go check because some bad thing has happened in the house, and uh, this... Spoiler warning here for anyone who... Oh, I want to watch it. I've not okay. seen it yet. Okay, something happens to him.
2: Okay.
1: Something bad, right?
0: Well, I can't tell you.
1: Something Because it better not be something good. I'm not watching this well, to watch something good happen.
0: It now. is Halloween. Maybe he got some candy.
1: Oh. Full-size worked Snickers? Worked out for him. Holy crap. Full-size Snickers.
0: <laughs> we should call this the full-size Snickers podcast. <laughs> That would have a really, that would have a very positive overtone to it. I'll throw
1: this out here. I meant to interject this when you said bullshit for whatever movie you talked about, (laughs) Ghost Town, earlier.
0: Oh, or they lied to me on the box? They had
1: hard uh, Swedish subtitles, hard. uh, Burned in. Burned in, you know, so I couldn't turn them off. Uh, Bullshit in Swedish subtitles is Skit Snack. (laughs) Skit snack so skit snack skit snack Wow so ghost town was total skit snack <laughs> I agree
0: yeah. it was
1: uh, it was a lot of fun to watch it and try to figure out what Swedish words lined up with what English words oh man
0: so not a big recommend I will recommend nightmare on elm street 2 freddy's boogaloo uh, sure why not yeah go see it mm. yeah
1: you, <laughs> jo- if you have netflix
0: jolien's shaking his head at 90 minutes mm. to kill he, he thinks we're leading you astray dear listeners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> book of shadows yeah blair witch 2 and nightmare on elm street 2 and Geely. and Geely. all three of those <laughs> you should watch in a row
0: and as a palate cleanser, Boxer's Omen.
1: Oh. I'm gonna go home and watch uh, Book of Shadows again, and see if I can figure out the secret <laughs> message. <laughs> Drink
0: more Ovaltine. <laughs> see
2: if you can find the
1: overt it. message. Was that <laughs> it's a shitty film?
2: <laughs> Maybe if you play it with Swedish subtitles, oh. if there's an option, you can learn some more. Well, words. at some
1: point they play it backwards. Mm. They play the video backwards to see stuff. So
0: yeah.
2: Hmm.
0: To Maybe see,
1: I should play the movie backwards.
0: To see the 1.2 seconds of nudity over again, I think is what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. All right.
1: <sighs> Exhausted thinking about that film. <laughs>
0: Do you feel like we've covered these things thoroughly yeah. enough? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm only disappointed I could only think of Tony Blair and no other <laughs> Blair-related about... things. I tried to fit some uh, Facts of Life Blair thing in there. I was going to say that.
0: How about Blair from Facts of Life?
1: That was too difficult to get to. Uh, i don't know any other blairs
2: Uh let's see i don't know any american ones there's there's an entertainer named lionel blair in england but
0: um one of the guys Flair underwood one of the guys from bachman turner overdrive is named blair hmm yeah none of these are
1: working for me oh.
0: <laughs> it's, we're reaching i mean yeah. honestly we're not going to come up with anything at least nothing that our listeners are going to find relevant
1: no yeah. Did they find any of this relevant? <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> They're listening.
1: Are they listening, or are they falling asleep to this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. nodded
0: off during Halloween H two O twenty years later. Mm. <gasps> oh, I woke you up. To- nodded
1: off twenty years later. <laughs>
0: I felt like man, Ripley- that go-
1: movie was bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was gave special. me narcolepsy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we covered it, I think. Um,
2: yeah, we we've got three films right there that you don't need to watch
0: yeah yeah we 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 took it for you we took it for the team we watched these so you don't have to all right
1: i think they should watch book of shadow
0: you've seen it you can't unsee it yeah
1: and don't watch the first blair witch it's better it's better (laughs) if you just watch the second one
0: watch them in reverse order watch the new one when it comes out in a month or two and then work your way backward and you'll get what you get.
1: All right, let's wrap this up. Okay. It's Lis- hot as hell in here. Yeah, listeners, thank you for listening. Freddie has turned the temperature up.
0: He's, he's <laughs> yes. I'm
2: about to burst into flames.
0: Like a parakeet. <laughs> um, if you get a chance to uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or SoundCloud, whatever outlet you found this on, uh, it does help other listeners find us. And thanks again to the moon rays for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. Find them on Amazon or iTunes or find them on Facebook where they are the moon dash rays. Um, we'll figure out what we're going to do for next time, I guess, and uh, try to clue people in. Uh, any, any suggestions before we're out of here? skit snack. <laughs> if you get back to into a corner, just say skit snack, skit snack. Um, I kind of, I kind of think we could, we could go back into the past if we wanted to, because this, does this count? Does this count? Is the past?
1: Yeah, it's, these movies came out in the past.
0: Well, sure, they didn't come out in the future, like nineteen eighty nine or ninety.
1: No, we'll figure out what we're watching next.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna figure it out here now. So we'll, we'll try to clue people in on Facebook and or Instagram. Well, thank you for listening. Stay off the moors. Just tell us what you want, all right? Yeah, I'm here to help you. Open (laughs) yourself,
3: (laughs) fucker!